Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is a man who always summons his space whales if he's ever in a jam. <laughs> it's Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I'm here, buddy. I can't believe you said that because I was trying to forget that whole series and episode. <laughs> so you just had to go there. Hey, at least you're caught up. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Every week where I'm like, why am I doing this? But I do it. I know. And it gets we do it. weirder and weirder every week, Shane. So I guess uh, w- the one thing of the billion things on our list that we're not going to talk about, I start with, I understand. Uh, we're, no Ahsoka talk today. No Star Wars today. When I when I keep going back to the well trying to say, you know, Star Wars is not Star Trek. And then I'm like, you really? We had to make a whales thing? What? You really? <laughs> In the in the fact they have hyperdrive, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure they're like a giant Bluetooth speaker too, if you activate them <laughs> right. So I'm sure they got all the the fancy tech, maybe a Bose system in there, something. You know, those whales are very crafty, very crafty. They happen to know exactly where all your friends are located. They're like low jacked. It's wonderful, <laughs> and they never move, even though they can have hyperdrive. They're exactly where you left uh, them in case you need them. Damn you, Andrew! <laughs> I got uh-huh. thoughts. All right. <laughs> Speaking of our thoughts, we have a giant rundown today. Uh, kind of a mixed bag between box officey stuff out in the movie theaters, uh, as well as some TV shows we're catching up on or looking forward to. Some trailer thoughts, maybe, uh, and then of course, uh, you know. Shane ended up seeing Bottoms, so we're going to talk about that, too, because it's the running (laughs) gag of the summer, and it's not end of summer yet. We got one more week, so I want to squeeze the last out of the the juice of that conversation. But uh, let's start with what came out the last couple weeks, because we did miss last week. Apologies to everybody. Shane's been dying, and then, uh, you know, we have uh, life concerns, so, you know. This, we're all on life support, whether it's mentally, <laughs> physically, whatever. We're all just doing our best here, but we're back, and we're going to try to go through what we've been watching, uh, including, let's start, Shane, with the number one movie at the box office for the second consecutive week, uh, The Nun 2, uh, came out uh, a couple weeks ago and is still, uh, I guess, going strong, but it's a very weak box office, so it's hard to say strong, but it is up to... 161 million worldwide with 56 domestic. So it's doing well internationally. Uh, and for comparison, the last Nun movie ended up doing 365 worldwide with a 117 domestic. So is it on pace to get there? Uh, with how slow? We keep saying this. Like, how slow the box office or no competition? Like, it's, it's going to have a pretty solid runway up until... The Exorcist, right? So we're probably talking yeah. a couple more weeks, but is that going to get them over 
100 million domestic before then? I doubt it. What yeah. say you, sir? We'll see. You're the one who we'll saw see. it. So what do you feel about it? Do you think it has enough legs to maybe keep going? And do you think there's going to be more in this relentless universe of the offshoots of The Conjuring, right? Right. If there is a there is a God, they will stop this franchise. Like, <laughs> I, no, in all seriousness, I took my daughter. She was 12. She's the only reason why I saw this movie because she's been bugging me for a couple weeks to go see it. Right. Now, I saw the first Nun, and I didn't like it because I don't like horror movies that solely rely on jump scares to get their point across. And right. that's what the first nun was, right? It was all jump scares. Sure. A cheap thrill, right? This movie was... <sighs> the nicest thing I could say about this movie, it was harmless. Okay. It, it, it was almost two hours long. It was slow. It was boring. Nothing happened till the last act of the movie. So like 20 okay. minutes to go is when everything started heating up. So you have... And I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Tessa, Tisa Formiga, the sister of the uh, younger sister of the main character in all the Conjuring movies. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was uh, that was her. Yeah, Tice. Yeah, yeah. That, I wouldn't know that either. So good on you for giving it the old college try. Yeah, there you go. I can't pronounce that name. And then you have Storm Reed. Uh, if you don't know her, she was in that mall episode of The Last of Us. Yep, which was kind of mm-hmm. like a one-off. So it was fine. This movie's set in 1956. I'll just read it off to you. In France, a priest is murdered. An evil is spreading. The sequel to the worldwide smash hit follows Sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with Valak, the demon nun. That's, yeah. I, I, I literally, Andrew, the first hour of this movie is all exploration. Right. Nothing, like literally no scares. No, nothing. You have uh, the character Maurice from the first episode, the guy who kind of helps uh, Irene out in the first nun. Right. He's kind of like the groundskeeper of this boarding school, which apparently only five little girls inhibit this school. <laughs> yeah. A pretty big place for five girls. And then the nun kind of like uses him as a conduit to kind of come back into this realm. Right. Which makes no sense. And again, an hour of just slow exploration of Irene going and trying to figure out who this nun demon is. And then you get the last act where, you know, she actually comes out and Maurice is possessed and, you know, whatever. They save Maurice and get rid of the nun. But seriously, there are no jump scares. Uh, My daughter did have her head covered several times throughout this movie. But even though we were talking about it tonight, she was dad. Now that I think about this movie. It was really boring. Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it really was pointless, aimless. It was the definition of just harmless and okay. Like it wasn't the worst thing I've seen. I wouldn't recommend it. It's not as good as the first one as much as I didn't like the first none. Right. It didn't didn't live up to the first one. If they had more of the actual none in the movie, I could understand that. But really, she doesn't really make an appearance until three quarters of the way through the film. Okay. And I'm like, wow, that's a long time to kind of pull back on it your is. main. Yeah. Yeah. It was harmless. I gave it, I'll just give you my my ranking. Yeah. I gave it a 2.5. I, I gave it a 2.5. Yeah. So it but, happened. Uh, you yeah, hope it happened. It, you don't have to keep doing this. <laughs> right. And that's and, about and, it. And yeah. the way they, yeah. And the way they ended this movie, I was like, okay, just like I said at the top, just kill the, kill the series. Like, it's okay. Sure. But for whatever reason, these movies keep making money, man. Uh, and I know it's a poor box office time right now with the selection of movies we have to see right now. But sure. still, 
anything from the Conjuring universe. It, it like we discussed before, horror movies make money, man. Yeah. And if people, you know, if it, like I said, if it makes it into October and, you know, it's not going to be blown out of the water by, well, I mean, everybody's going to be blown out of the water by Taylor Swift. We'll get to that probably another time. Um, But, you know, if it's not blown out of the water by the Exorcist sequel, then I would say maybe it has a little bit of a chance to kind of be, you know, like one of those you know, people who seek out horror in October specifically. Like, if you can hang on and get a little of a bump, that's about the best you're going to do with this movie. But I, right. I I think that's probably what they're hoping is to just get it to the opening of The Exorcist and then let their cards lie wherever it's going to go. But, right. I, well, so I have two things. Uh, one, if anybody's going to be real sad about all this, I mean, besides James Wan originally did the conjuring starting right it's his universe he did the first movie yep right so he gets probably producer and character credits all over the thing and is making a truckload of money every time one of these sequels pops up right so he'll he'll be sad if that goes away also michael chavez who uh directed this one also happened to direct the conjuring the devil made me do it now did you see that as well uh god yes i did <laughs> so coin flip or i guess it would have to be a gun to your head because you seem to be like wincing every time i mention a recent conjuring universe movie uh which one you you choose the nun two or or devil made me do it oh boy um honestly i'd probably go with the devil made me do it but you're not happy I, either I way <laughs> i'm not happy either way i will say just for my two cents i think the best spinoff i've seen of this whole world and I stick to my guns. It's a good, scary movie is Annabelle creation. Okay. To me, that was the second best movie. The conjuring ever put out. Right. But the, about the doll, it, it was really good. Sells itself up above the nuns and the devil made me do it. So if you want to spin off, go see Annabelle creation, very underrated movie in this whole world, the conjuring world. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to double check. But uh, if you are in the Connecticut area, which I am from, Shane uh, is previously from, has a lot of uh, friends and family up this way. Um, If you're in the area, the Connecticut Horror Fest is this weekend in Hartford. And I believe has the nun or like some of the characters from that universe in there. Not entirely sure. I don't have the the list in front of me, but I know if if that doesn't tickle your fancy, there's also going to be... You know, Elvira, people from uh, the Terrifier series. I believe the director and the person who plays Art the Clown will also be there. So a lot of cool horror stuff all happening in boring old Connecticut here. So go to <laughs> go to Hartford. They're doing it big this year. I believe it's up at the Excel Center. So uh, go check that out uh, if you're in the area. Um, yeah, so I, I, I can see a slow death for this but like you said the money keeps rolling in they're gonna keep trying um same goes with uh (laughs) i know you didn't see it and i didn't either and we're probably never going to but i'm hoping the fact that the nun 2 beat out the opening weekend of uh the latest kenneth branagh agatha christie mystery uh with haunting in venice uh, coming off of the dreadfully boring death on the Nile uh, that was just ugh, terrible. So, and that was a star studded cast 
this one's a very quirky cast. If anything, the fact that yeah, Tina Fey is in it made me kind of like perk up a little bit. So that's where my head was at. But, you know, again, you come in second at the box office. You do a little bit under, I think, expectation. It was right around where they were right around thinking. It, right. But again, I don't think this one's going to have the legs of previous ones. And that, and even that estimate that they had going around was low because they were looking at death on the Nile numbers and not murder on the Orient express numbers. Cause they keep going down, down, down. So I'm hoping this is it. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't see. And, and again, we keep saying long runway, long runway, no competition. Eh, I guess maybe for people who want to see adult dramas, but they're just going to be like, I'll wait for it to be on Hulu in a month, you know? Right. Because that's how I watched <laughs> Death on the Nile. And I was woefully disappointed. So, yeah, I, I'm not into it. And obviously you didn't see it either. So nope. have you seen the others or no? I feel the same way you did. I was like, OK, the, they're not my cup of tea. I found them to be very boring. Right. Uh, and I just when this trailer popped up and the movie came, I'm like, man, Kenneth Branagh must really like this character because that's all he's doing now. <laughs> uh huh. And I don't, and I don't understand why. Like I don't. Like it, they're just not good. Well, no one else is given a big meaty roles. He was an Oppenheimer for like a, a few scenes or whatever, and that's like the first thing since probably Dunkirk that I remember him wholeheartedly in. But outside of these right. movies, so yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you on these movies. I, listen, I I grew up reading her novels. Like I like her, but it's just they don't translate well to movies. And it's not from a lack of cast. Like you said, they they do cast very well in these movies. Well, they're just in a bad time, Shane, because everything's trying to come off the heels of Knives Out. And Knives Out had a better cast, a slightly younger cast in in prime spots, like your Evans and Diarmas stuff, as well as, you know, classics like your Jamie Lee Curtis's of the world and whatnot. And, you know. I think they got one upped, and then on top of it, Ryan Johnson turns around and makes Poker Face, and then there's all these yep. other series that are coming out on top of, uh, what was the one we mentioned, which by the way, a trailer came out for that one too, I felt absolutely silly. Did you see the trailer for Murder at the End of the World? For, for I Hulu? did not yet. I did not yet. It looks great. Um, I'm really in, but I remember I said like, there's no real information, and the, and the uh, the description of the show wasn't exactly helpful. And I was like, but it sounded very kind of clueish, right? Or knives outish. Um, this is not a comedy by any stretch. This is like dark. Um, and literally at the end of the world, it's like in a, it looks like they're in like a mansion in, in art Antarctica or something like it's, or, you know, Siberia it's, it's in the middle of the frozen tundra and it looks good. And I trust, Hulu or you know FX on Hulu like you're any of those ones they tend to make great shows case in point with uh you know you just finished out your justified, justified. City, City Primeval um and as far as Hulu shows we keep watching Only Murders which is uh getting pretty pretty good at this point like it's like I told you it's on the rails we're not quite there but it's getting there um so I'm I'm still in on that show so yeah they always make great stuff so I'm interested in that show, and I I recommend it. If you haven't seen the trailer, I definitely say check it out because that's going to be a show we'll probably be looking at. Because talking about right, and I don't know. I I would imagine they'll probably do week to week. Seems everything is week to week now. 
Yeah, they're like, going back to the old format. Yeah, it's Netflix, you know, on on that one horse, and then everybody else is like, "Nope, we're we're cable, bitch." I forgot to tell right. you, you know, we're we're everybody's HBO, you know, and then and then Netflix is like, "Cool, we'll take all the money, and our stock is way up, and we rebounded, and uh, <laughs> see you guys later." Um, so <laughs> that's the landscape of that. Um, but yeah, so none two did not impress you. Uh, but we both nope. uh, caught uh, some other movies. Theater Camp uh, we caught on on Hulu. Uh, speaking yeah. of Hulu, um, this came out at the Sundance Film Festival uh, this past year. And it seemed to get pretty solid reviews all the way around. Um, this was something that has been on my watch list all year because I didn't get to catch it at Sundance. And the stuff I did watch at Sundance was dreadful. So, like, God, they really need to go back to doing more movies uh, for the people watching online and not being in the actual theater, uh, or excuse me, at the actual festival. But um, theater camp, what'd you think, Shane? This was uh, something that I wouldn't have pegged as a Shane movie, and then you reminded me that it was on there, <laughs> and did. then we both uh, got to watch it. So it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice feeling, a little indie movie, not a lot yeah. of stars, and you know. Just something to get by. Yeah, I actually wanted to see this in the theater, but it never came to Greensboro. The closest it came was like a town 30 minutes from here. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to drive that to go see this. Right. And then I kind of forgot about it until I saw it on Hulu. I'm like, okay, Hulu. I really enjoyed these. I, I enjoy the. Believe it or not, I know I don't seem to type, but I do enjoy these movies when they're done well. I like sure. this ensemble cast. I like the camp aspect. It has her girl from Bottoms in it and the bear. Yeah. She seems to be everywhere now. That's true. Yeah. It's nothing like this movie, but it reminded me of like, I like movies like Red Hot American Summer. Wet Hot. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Wet Hot American Summer. But I like movies in that elk. Now, this is not that, but I, I do like that kind of familiarity with that kind of subject. So I find it quirky. I like the subject, even, you know, you'd get it more if you were an actor or drama kid, because I think they nailed the essence of being totally that type. Yeah, that type of kid. I thought it was well written. It made me laugh. And it was to the point I love um, uh, Jimmy Tatro, who played Troy. Uh, Yeah, the son. Yeah. Yes. I loved him from American Vandal on Netflix. That's where I, I remember him from. Oh, okay, I never uh, saw him. And if, I never saw. You never that. saw American Vandal? No, oh, I didn't. Man. No. So anyway, if you if you like him from that, he kind of carries that over to this role here. After there's something that just draws me into him for some reason, I find him like unassumingly funny. Right. So yeah, I, I had a good time with this movie. It's exactly what I needed from the stuff we've kind of been sifting through here lately. For sure. And yeah, and and obviously like. You know, Amy Sedaris is the yeah. the matriarch. She doesn't get to do a whole lot, but she's honestly like kind of the perfect person to put as like this totem for what's going on. <laughs> um, for anybody who doesn't know, like basically, theater camp is the eccentric staff of a rundown theater camp in upstate New York. Uh, bands together with their beloved founder's broy son, as Shane uh, so perfectly said, uh, to keep the camp afloat, and they don't uh, do a great job. But like, it's it's. It's again, it's the spirit thing. It's kind of like you're right. It, it it has a smidge of wet hot American summer and like your improv-y type movies a little bit. Mm-hmm. It almost actually has without doing the aside to camera thing, it has that like 
pseudo documentary feel like you're uh exactly documentary now and you're you know even like parks and rec in the office and stuff i think it borrows a little bit of that feeling at least and then lending it to uh, a summer camp uh, uh obviously a theater camp for that this is directed by molly gordon and nick lieberman who are both in the film in uh prominent roles as the the two kind of co-leads or it's a it's a strong ensemble so you don't want to kind of give them everything but their relationship is a a strong part of the movie um you also have ben platt uh trying to make to me a resurgence that poor guy um if i remember correctly that's the guy from uh dear evan hansen right yes so yeah he he needed uh, a little bit of help you mentioned ao edibiri from the bear and bottoms um, and then I also caught a few other guys who, I, who I like, um, so, but you have Noah Galvin here. You have, like you mentioned the Jimmy Tatro. So th- there's some, some decent people in here for a nice little indie movie. And yeah, I would say I'm in the same camp as you. I enjoyed a lot of moments. There are certain things I like the most. I like a lot of the, uh, the breakout classes that they had. I liked certain, yeah. certain characters, uh, that they had going. And, and to me, it's like, it was an enjoyable three on an afternoon of watching a movie at home. Uh, and there's not much more to, to elaborate. Cause again, it's either, it works for you, like the humor and that style of, of, like you said, it probably would get more if you were a drama kid or any of that stuff. So it would probably be it mean a lot more to someone like that. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it's a solid movie. It's a it's a yeah. solid recommend. It's not gonna be in my tops of the year or anything, but it was definitely worth checking out. So I, yeah, I ended up yeah. get I, I ended up giving it a three. Yeah, I think that's what I gave it. So and it's like you said it's plain simple to the point and there's worse things you can be doing with your time than watching theater camp absolutely so. um and you also watched the retirement plan is that still in theaters did you check it out there just, I, I did just came out this week okay yeah so apparently yeah. not to a ton of fanfare <laughs> so give the people the lowdown on that one because i don't know a ton about that one I was shocked. I saw a trailer for this a while back, and obviously, as I do most of the time, you forget about half the trailers you've seen. Sure. And I was struggling to find something to watch this week outside the nun. And lo and behold, this movie came out Thursday. So I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm going to go see it. So this one stars Nicolas Cage. You have Ron Perlman, Jackie Earl Haley, uh, and Ernie Hudson. Oh, Ernie Hudson. Look at that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're, you know, decent cast. And basically, and I'll just read the synopsis from IMDb. You got to, when Ashley and the young daughter, Sarah, get caught up in a criminal enterprise that puts their lives at risk, she turns to her estranged father, Matt, currently living the life of retirement in the Cayman Islands. So okay. Nicholas Cage is like an ex-CIA assassin, never met his granddaughter. His daughter gets in trouble at the beginning of the movie. She seeks him out and basically fends off Ron Perlman and Jackie Earl Haley from, you know, they're putting the hit out on her sure. for the information that she has. This movie, it wasn't like over-the-top Nicolas Cage, but it was an enjoyable Nicolas Cage. You could tell he's in his bag during these movies. He's having fun. If you're looking for just a nice, good, like, action comedy, which is more action than, than comedy, but I had a really good time watching this movie. Okay. It was quick. It, it was it was quick. It knew what it was. And Nicolas Cage, just like you said, he's in it, like... He's in his bag, and if you a Nicolas Cage fan, this is right up your alley. Like, again, this movie's flying under the radar. Like you said, you didn't even know it was out 
it's, it's out now. I don't know how much it made. Yeah. Barely anything. Yeah. But I no, doubt no, anything. It's, yeah. I didn't see it on the on the box office mojo, and I think I scrolled through 10. So, yeah, it's not good. Right. So, between Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage, I had a good time here. The action was good. I would recommend. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Oh, for okay. This yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, no, I am. I'm looking at it now, and God, I am. I am far down, dude. <laughs> I am not uh, <laughs> seeing much at all. God, uh, even those like movies that I'm like, they don't even seem like real movies. Uh, like <laughs> like Camp Hideout. I don't know if you saw the, the tra- or the Hill. I did. Some of the, yeah, <clears throat> or the Inventor, Outlaw Johnny Black. Some of these like ones that are barely out or uh, doing a platform release. Those all you're talking all doing bar- bar- barely <laughs> six figures, and I still haven't seen uh, the, <laughs> the name of your movie. So oh, all man. apologies. Uh, I guess it's not doing uh, that well, or it's uh, I don't know. Well, maybe. it's and it's like you said, they didn't do anything to promote it. You know, like you didn't know it was coming out. It's not sure they're not marketing it at all. So I will say this to you, fellow listeners out there: when it comes to Amazon Prime or whatever <laughs> streaming service it comes to, right? Seek seek this movie out because it is a just good old fashioned '90s action comedy movie with Nicolas Cage. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, can you believe... I, and again, he did Pig a couple years ago, and then he did Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and people were like, Nick Cage, man, he's on a resurgence. Nick Cage is back. Here we are. He's made... He's got six movies this year. Six. Oof. Now, granted, one of them is The Flash, which is an uncredited kind of like Right. He doesn't speak, I don't even think, or whatever. So it's kind of not counting. So even if you don't count that, five, which, which one to kind of still come out in mass, which is by all accounts going to be the best one. So uh, because it's been in the uh, festival circuit, I want to see this really bad. Have you heard of Dream Scenario? I have, actually. Yeah, it, it sounds very Charlie Kaufman-esque, and I'm all about it because it's bizarre as shit. Just again, uh, did you watch? We wa- we covered Renfield. Yeah, I did not watch Sympathy for the Devil, even though that kind of I I knew it came out, and I still uh, didn't check it out. And then Retirement Plan, as you noted, uh, just came out, and then the Flash thing, and then the Old Way, which I only saw as like kind of straight to streaming. I don't think it was straight to streaming, but it didn't do much it, yeah. at, out if it did at all. So. Yeah, and and probably all of them are around that mm, five and a half to six and a half for all of them. Um, but Dream Scenario currently holds an eight point three. Okay, so that's super high. So for anyone who doesn't know, keep an eye out for Dream Scenario because this is just amazing. It's, they list it as a horror comedy, which I didn't really know too much of the the horror aspect of it. Um, but this is like I said, of course. Nicholas Cage uh, <laughs> about a hapless family man who finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nightmare appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. So basically everybody starts dreaming about Nicholas Cage, who is like, I believe a professor in this uh, for yeah evolutionary biology or something uh, for that. And yeah, all these people all at once have a dream about Nicolas Cage. 
Uh, obviously not him, but <laughs> his character, Paul Matthews. And uh, yeah. So that sounds, you know, it's this weird satirical movie that just sounds right up the alley. And it's co-produced. I don't know. I, this might hurt you, Shane. It's co-produced by Ari Aster. So, you know. Oh, so okay. I, I'm hoping, okay. for your sake, I hope it's a little, little different than that. But yeah, I find this to be endlessly fascinating so i i can't wait it says it has a release date of november 10th so i will definitely be keeping an eye out for that especially with a 77 meta score that's again very high for something that even is remotely comedy um so yeah keep an eye out for that uh before we get to tv i do want to kind of just run it i'm gonna run it through even though i know the answer i want everyone to hear it shout it out here shane for me back me up dude you saw bottoms. Help me out. Yeah, I. Oh boy, you hated oh, this movie man. more than I did. <clears throat> yeah, I gave it I'll, off the top. It's probably the worst movie I've seen all year. <laughs> I gave it a half a star, a half. Wow, not even a full star. Wow. A half a star. This movie, because I heard you talk about it the previous week. And then I'm reading all the critic scores from it and all the fan scores from it. And I'm sitting there trying to wrap my head around why it's getting these high marks. I don't, I really don't. And I'm not kidding. I didn't laugh once. I didn't chuckle one time. (laughs) I thought everything was over the top and just dumb. Yeah. Like I told you, the everybody's crazy effect. It's like, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like yeah. the football players walking around their cleats and shoulder pads. I was over that gag within the first five minutes of the movie. They they shifted their their storyline from trying to lose a virginity to they hurt one of the football players, so they start this club. It, it just was the best part of this movie is Marshawn Lynch. Absolutely. He, sure. Best part. The only saving grace of this movie. And the lead actress just reminded me of a discount uh, Emily Rossum from Shameless. <laughs> Just not a good-looking version of her. Well, you know what I, I mean? mean, Rachel Sennett's very attractive, but not in this particular scenario. Right. Yeah. Just it, none of the jokes landed. It, like you said, the, the then it turned into like the rival football teams coming, which only fielded nine players, by the way. I don't know how they would have football games. <laughs> you, of course, would notice that. that, that that's, that's right. An, I, I did. That's an I'm excellent, sorry. excellent <laughs> observation. But no, like other movies have – like just done satirical dark comedy better a la Heathers. And this movie again was humorless was so bad. And I don't understand how it's going to be a cult classic. I, in fact, I wrote down a bunch of stuff cause I was the only one in the theater for a little bit until like six other college age kids came in. Right. And maybe this is who the movie was written for. And that's all I'll say about the cast that came in. Uh, Andrew, I'm not kidding. They laughed at every fucking. I line know. I tell that you, that was being thrown out. That's why I was so happy to hear from you after it happened. You're like, I want to walk out, but I'm going to stick out for you. I mean, seriously, like, I wanted to stand up halfway through the movie and ask these people, what are they laughing at? Like, what are they laughing at? Right. Because none of the jokes landed. I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't understand it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't either. Uh, shout out to uh, our friends at Mike, Mike and Oscar, who uh, I was listening. I, do you, I don't know if you listen to podcasts when you go to bed or any of these things. I do. And I happen, I do. I happen to wake up in the middle of the night 
uh, where my podcast thing was still playing. I didn't set the timer for it. And I woke up in the middle of the night to my, our buddy, also Mike, from Mike, Mike, and Oscar going, yeah, I saw Bottoms again. <laughs> Some people don't like it. And then they're like, yeah, Andrew from Recent Activity. We know who you're talking about. And so it's like, well, now I got Shane also from Recent Activity. Yeah. So, it, it, it's yeah. like the worst 80s movie. It reminded me of the worst 80s movie in every way possible. Yes, and- but like... And again, we've talked about this before where, you know, I was having my hemorrhage before you saw the movie. So I don't remember if you remember, (laughs) you remember all my takes or all my issues. But like, basically, you know, the thoughts of like, all right, well, I've seen Better Off Dead or I've seen, you know, Napoleon Dynamite. I know, (laughs) but that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't take how it's just not grounded to anything. It's just all diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah. And and I was writing a couple. I won't belabor my point anymore because this movie doesn't deserve much talk time sure but remember the scene where the two friends they all fought and they went their separate ways where the one girl's eating a can of spaghettios and the bleachers the people next to me were laughing so hysterical at that part yeah and the jokes you made about the black republican friend you know the the bigger Mm -hmm. black chick yeah yeah. Uh, you're like a black republican they thought that was like Louis C.K.'s best material. They're <laughs> laughing so hard. Right. And it wasn't funny. Like, no. it's not. It wasn't funny. No. And they don't follow up on that. There's no, like, characterization of that. They just throw it out there. This is my point. Every single joke was like, this would be funny if we said this. And it's not based in anything. And and I'm, right. I, I'm not saying, again, I've seen enough goofy weirdo movies. I laugh at a lot of them. But a lot of them have basis for what you're setting up. There's no setup. It's just a bunch of punchlines that try to just beat you to death. And there's it's there's not enough. And there's not enough good ones that go with it. And I have to have some characters to ride or die with. Or at least I have to get yeah. what they're satirizing. Any of it. Like yeah. I remember but- somebody mentioned uh, Not Another Team Movie in their review of this. And I was like... What are you talking about? Like, not another team movie is like uh, an add-on to like your scary movies and your other thing. Like in that universe, this has nothing in common with that at all. Besides the fact no. that it was in a high school where you get to make fun of certain tropes, but even then, they're not making fun of it out of something that exists. There, literally, I told you, like the football team, like where it's like people's going to get murdered. What? Yeah. <laughs> And there's no cops yeah. on the field or security. We just let this happen every year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. And I just sat there getting angrier and angrier as this movie was going on. And I just, I'll never understand it, man. I, I don't think it's going to be like Napoleon Dynamite where I could watch it a year from now or five years. and like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. But I'll tell you, it'll probably it. end up on Comedy Central in a year. And you'll be like, Ugh. God damn, are you fucking serious that this is going to have life and legs like this? And you're going to roll yeah. your eyes and so will I. So at least I have a friend Ugh. in our misery. <laughs> misery. So that's Absolutely, good. brother. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> with how uh, delightful we've been at uh, the movie range, let's switch over to TV a little bit. Um, and let's talk about The Changeling, which was on our list of like things we were you know, looking forward to in the upcoming uh, fall slate of TV shows, especially in the wake of, uh, or well, 
during, I should say, I wish it was the wake of uh, the <laughs> the SAG and uh, writer strike and all the things that are affecting TV release dates and movie release dates and everything else. So at least we have something to point to. Uh, the Changeling is Lakeith Stanfield starring, and it's a it's a very unique show. Some people will give it a little. It definitely has almost Shyamalan or David Lynchian uh, type vibes at times. There's because it's kind of you've only seen the pilot, uh, the first episode, but you know it is. It's kind of a movie that does a lot of time jumps, a lot of different alternate timelines in different eras, uh, including starting off with uh, a, a very overly CGI boat in the coming from Norway to the U.S. That hasn't been fully realized, and I'm more episodes in than you are. I think it's only going to be eight episodes. It's based on, uh, I guess, uh, a popular novel of some sort, as most Apple TV ones <laughs> tend to be, where it's like, let's get a high-profile star, let's get a high-profile book, and let's kind of just let the chips fall where they may. And uh, also, the narrator of the story is also the author of the book. I don't think I've ever seen that oh, before. Okay. That was interesting to me. But the show is uh, basically, uh, like I said, it has a little bit of horror, a little bit of fantasy, drama, kind of, uh, this. it's a weird show to describe to someone, but um, the description that they have is set in an alternate New York City, a father and husband searches through a magical world for his abducted son and missing wife. And I will tell you, as a person who is through the first three episodes and they've only released four with the fifth one coming out on Friday. Um, the show doesn't really have a lot of what they mentioned in yet. Um, yes. The abducted son and missing wife is uh, a part of it still at this point, but even all of that doesn't happen in the first episode. So it, and, and the fact that they claim it to be an alternate New York city I don't see that yet either. And like I said, I'm three episodes in of an eight episode series. So there is some TBD here. I like it and I'm engrossed by, it. I think it's a gorgeous show to look at. I think the performances are all good. Um, while I uh, mixed on some things uh, with Lakeith Stanfield off acting, I think he's an incredible actor and he plays a really interesting character with a lot of great hats in Apollo uh, that they have. You haven't watched enough episodes to kind of see the progression of the hats, but the hats are quite unique okay. and everything is a hat and it's wonderful. It's all those like, like he's um, Steve Zizou, uh, like Bill Murray's uh, life aquatic character, like those little like semen hats kind of thing. It's very interesting, but I like this show. It's because again, it's just bizarre enough to have me watch and it's engrossing enough and well acted enough. But I think it is a little... I've read some of the negative reviews. And I'm curious to see where your head's at after episode one. It is, I will admit, is messy. It does jump around a lot. And for some people, they found it way too boring and slow. And wanted to kind of fast forward through a lot of it to try to see... To get to the, quote, good parts. This movie... Or, excuse me. This show is definitely a slow burn. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be successful. I don't, especially with, you know, Keith Stanfield's a good name, but he's not a carrier show kind of name. Um, and I don't think Apple particularly gives a crap, quite honestly. <laughs> so they usually like to throw out their stuff and kind of see where it goes. Um, but to me, like I said, three episodes in, I'm in, I'm watching, 
but I'm cautious, but I'm enjoying myself enough. Uh, how about you okay. after episode one? Yeah, based on the first episode, I could understand why people would jump ship because it is a very slow burn that you have to kind of pay attention to. But it left me with enough intrigue after the first episode where I'm going to probably just watch the remaining episodes of this show. Sure. It does have Shyamalan, to me, influence. That's what I thought about when I was watching this episode. Yeah. But yeah, I don't see the alternate New York City yet, obviously. And they do jump back and forth from when he was a kid and his mom and what he's going through. And I found his character kind of creepy in some parts, like a little pushy and aggressive with him, you know, courting that young lady in uh-huh. the library and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Which they so throw back to his I, dad, too. It's like a family trait of sorts, I guess. Yeah, it's like yeah. a family trait of sorts. So I found that a little alarming for some reason. It kind of like bothered me just a little bit. Um, and how forward he was. Well, they call just, it out. They say, like, you know, some people would call this stalking, but she called it persistence. And that's right. That's exactly it. It's the baby. It's cold outside of yeah. <laughs> the approach. But I, I like him as an actor, um, but enough to carry the show. We'll see. I, I Like, I'm in. I'm in. But I can understand where people would watch the pilot. And I always tell people just watch more than one episode, please. But I could understand yeah. how they would pull the plug or be like, you know what? I'll watch this when I get around to it and there's nothing else on. But for me, it's enough mystery to want, I want to see where the story's progressing. So I'm in on this one. Yeah. And like you said, I, I wrote this down as well. Like Apple, for good or bad, I think all their shows are really, really well produced. And I like True. the look of this show. Like you said, it's a very well produced show. Yeah. I like the settings. And, and, and so for me... I'm going to stick around for it. Yeah. Apple's basically trying to be the old HBO model where it's like, it's always well-funded, always looks great. They don't do like a ton of like cheapo shows just to have content. Like they're, they really kind of, I wouldn't say they eventize because they really don't, but I would say that they don't have enough shows to where when a show does come, it pops more because people are like, Ooh, new Apple TV plus show. You know, versus right. you know the the fire hose of a of a Netflix or or yeah. the like, you and, know. And that's what I tell my clients uh, when we talk about Apple TV. And I said, right now, they don't go for quantity; they go for quality. So they yeah. don't have a ton of original content, but what they do have is is quality TV. Like I can't name you a bad quote unquote bad Apple show where I'm like that was garbage. At the very minimum, even shows like Physical or Servant, they're watchable. They're yeah. not bad. You know what I mean? Did, so, Did you end up watching the uh, Seth Rogen show that came out? I'm halfway through and I enjoyed it. It's just okay. one of those shows I think... I heard nothing. And that sometimes happens with the Apple TV selection. Yeah, well. it, it's very watchable. I think I got halfway through the first season. And not because I didn't like it, but with you know in our field and what we'd like to do... Sometimes I lose track of shows I started watching because I'm watching other shows. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, it keeps getting pushed down the pyramid a little bit. But Platonic is the one you were talking about. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So. I, Rose Byrne and, and Seth Rogen, they have chemistry. It's a quality show. I can't name, again, I cannot name you a bad, I, can, I just can't name a bad Apple show. Right. Sorry. Yeah, because again, like you said, they take big swings. So even if they don't work, you kind of admire it. 
Uh, so right. it's it is at that stage right now. But again, it's only got a six point six on IMDb, and I honestly get it. And but I'm hoping yeah. that as this progresses, that there is some larger point that you can kind of go back and be one of those shows where you're kind of being a little Easter eggy or kind of go back and go, oh, they set this up here doing this and be one of those kind of puzzle box shows in a sense. Um, but yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of the fantasy outside of there's, you know, kind of a witch woman in Brazil that's kind of set right. some of this along. Uh, the horror thing, you know, again, not as solid, just in more of a tone and a creepy atmosphere that develops with it. So it was just kind of almost just a interlaying family drama with some kind of mystical stuff in the dreams. And then, like I said, a slow burn in terms of kind of the more creepier aspects that keep on going. But like I said, they're, they're only through four. They're halfway done. I'm only through three and I'm going to keep going. In fact, uh, after this, I might probably fire up episode four to get prepared for Friday's episode <laughs> five. So there we go. So I would say it's a, it's a cautious, optimistic recommend at this stage. Right. So if, if anybody has Apple TV plus, um, or is stealing their neighbors or what have you, uh, <laughs> go for it and enjoy that. Um, as far as, uh, the, I just want to put out there that, uh, as far as streaming stuff is concerned, my review, latest review, or what's on Netflix uh, for Love at First Sight uh, with Haley Lou Richardson that came out over the weekend was a play of my play, pause, or stop. And I, it was shocking because uh, Netflix has sucked, straight sucked at anything romantic, romantic comedy, any of those interlaying kind of things all year long. So I had no hope for this movie. And I ended up enjoying it. So if anybody's looking for something in that vein, something a little light, I will say it's a bring your tissues movie. Um, it's not a strong, like, I don't know, like tragic death kind of thing or anything. But this one, it has everything. It has a little bit for everybody. It's a little bit of drama, a little bit of romance, a little bit of humor, and a very deep, good cast. So I would say check that out on Netflix and check out my review on what's on Netflix.com and, you know, go in the comment section, tell me how much of an idiot I am or that I just like Haley Lou Richardson too much or whatever you want to say. <laughs> That's fine by me. She was also an executive producer on the movie. So, you know, she had skin in the game, so she's doing well. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to bother her one bit. Um, as far as this weekend, Shane, um, it's looking like the Shane bowl, uh, cause yes. you know, we, uh, we, <laughs> we, we, as Jets fans are just, uh, we're dead. We're dead in the oh, water. God. Uh, we, they sunk our battleship very early, even though we won week one. So that's, it's all over, uh, unless we get some magical quarterback and God help us all. If Tom Brady takes the phone call and, <laughs> and actually decides to put on a Jets <laughs> uniform, that would be all I would need. That would be just fold me mentally, you know, fold the tents, man. Just it's over. Um, but for you, sir, it's the it's the amazing choice of Expendables four out in the movie theaters, and then you can come right home and watch the the beginning of the the Continental, the John Wick miniseries. So, are you looking forward to one over the other? Is it just a all pants off weekend for you? What's going on with that? 
it's it's an all pants off weekend, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's an all, and I make no apologies for my love of the Expendables franchise. I don't care what anyone we get says. What it is. Although this one, yeah. and maybe you could tell me otherwise with part three, it looks a little cheaper. Like the budget isn't quite there. Although it's all it, well, stars, but like the action itself, I was like, ooh, that looked very CGI. Like, yeah, bad. listen, man, when you add Fifty Cent as one of your main <laughs> actors for this series. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. The third one took a big step back compared to the first two, but man, listen, I have a soft spot for these guys, Statham and, and Sly. I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, you know what you're getting into. This is right up my alley. I just want to have fun. And hopefully, hopefully uh, I'll get my wish out of this man. Even 50 cent excluded. <laughs> Like the addition of Tony John and Dolph Lundgren being back. I just, you know, so in the Continental I'm looking for, I think that could be surprisingly good. So, you know, the world of John Wick, we'll see. Yeah. I always, I always shudder when they're like, it's a prequel. It's basically, it's like, Ooh, it's set in New York in the 1970s. So, Oh, it's going to be super cool. And it's going to be right. And, and they ended up, you know, of something you love, because you love the character, you kind of love the universe, and they're just like, all right, well, what if we took one old character and made him young, and then we'll just show his version of everything? It's like, uh, do I care? Do I care yeah. enough? So you're saying you got like the Alfred vibes. Remember, didn't yeah. they make an Alfred yeah, show? Yeah, Pennyworth, yeah. right? Penny, Pennyworth. Pennyworth, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in that vein. Do we really need to see Alfred's backstory when he was young? Up and coming Butler. No, we don't. You know, like, no, not really. No. So yeah, I, I kind of do get those vibes from this. That's a great call. <laughs> but, <laughs> but again, it's uh, what's it? Peacock, right? Yeah, because they're it's, it's yeah. all part of the Universal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, man. With the choices we have now, I'm willing to just to throw this a lifeline and see what it's about. Because as we've discussed. Pickens, uh, it's getting slim pickings out there, my friend. Yeah. As far as like what we're watching. So why not? Yeah. I mean, I got to say, you know, of course, I, I'm not into the Expendables ones. I would have to do some major catch up because I think I just saw the first <laughs> one and that was it. So uh, it would be that kind of a thing. But um, when I'm looking ahead, we kind of did some previewing last time where it's like, all right, we have the Changeling. That's once a week. We have the Continental. I don't, I, I think. Are they doing it like it's a mini series? I don't remember their release schedule though. Whether it's like a weekly or whether they're doing it day after day for like a weekend. Or- it's strange. I don't know either because Peacock's like Amazon. I've noticed like there's certain series will drop everything so you can stream all at once. Right. Or like Poker Face, it's once a week. So I don't know the format of the Continental. And I totally forgot that Mel Gibson is in this show too, which yep. is wild. Yeah, it looks like week to week. Okay. Uh, for three weeks. So it's just three episodes. Um, so this weekend, next weekend, the weekend after. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's an interesting thought. And we'll, we'll see. I'm sure it'll you know hold my attention enough to get through one episode a week for three weeks. That's nothing. Right. We, we've done. We're sitting here. I led with uh, hating Ahsoka and I'm still watching every single week. So I think yeah, I'm going to watch the Continental. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is it any worse than the Star Wars slop we've been watching over the last 
year and a half, two years? It is no. not. God, and, and <laughs> I know this is a bigger topic for another day, but I had like a lengthy conversation with some some people off air about Disney Plus as like a thing, and like if we're if we're all getting superhero fatigue, and like Star Wars isn't really producing the big hits. Like I remember them saying the Ahsoka numbers were closer to Andor, and obviously that was considered bomb ish. Uh, bomb mm-hmm. adjacent uh, with with that show. So it's like, is that petering out too? And if those are your two tentpole things between that and Pixar, which Elemental had to have legs because of a soft kid movie summer um, that didn't have a ton of competition. It, uh, if those are your three main components to your business and you bet all, like most of it on streaming to start for a mm-hmm. while there, like, is this, are you dying? Are you are you yeah. are you dying that quickly? Like Disney Plus isn't even that old. No. And I mean, I'm looking forward to Loki season two. But if you ask me to name something that I'm looking forward to that's coming out for them, even in theaters or streaming, I'd be like, I don't know, Disney. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I'm a fucking outside nerd, Loki, Shane. <laughs> yeah, outside of Loki too, I got nothing for Disney Plus, man. Like, yeah, I don't Echo care about a little Echo. bit for me because for me, I I, I kind of do because of the whole Daredevil connection, which I don't even know if he's going to be in the series at all. But you know, it's like I'm sure likely street he will. level. There's no way he's not. <clears throat> right, I can't. So anything that. that has uh, Charlie Cox playing Daredevil in Matt Murdock in the Disney series, I'm going to give a watch. If they if he is, they better start producing like producing promos now where he just pops up at the end and goes hello you know just like whatever <laughs> yeah just something to give to because uh, isn't she she's deaf right echo yes yep so th- yep. okay well we'll get there yeah. and then yeah percy jackson <laughs> I, I still need to see some kind of proof that it doesn't look dreadful or whatever and and go towards that i'm interested but i'm not fully there but yeah other than that uh Hard, yeah, I know. hard out there. Um, but we did get trailers for Gen V, so I'm I'm interested in that. It's basically like the boys' version of New Mutants. Um, yeah, so that's what I thought too. We'll yep. see. It uh, looks exactly like that. I I found the uh, incredibly incredibly incredible shrinking woman um, that they had in there, where like she was having a, I think a literally a blood bath in someone's ear. I think at one point it's, it's wholeheartedly a boys show. Um, yep. so we'll see. I, there are characters from the actual boys in it too and everything else. So we'll see, we'll see, but it looks fun enough. I'm definitely, I'm sure that's week to week too and everything else. Let's go. It's fine. That, yeah. So September, like you said, is going to be the hot point. We'll get Loki in the fall house usher in October. Um, uh, then, you know, murder at the end of the world and, whatever echo is in november and then we'll just all you know go into our holiday haze and just <laughs> never come out uh in december so that'll be good um great job by you anything else uh, you want to get off your chest before we get on out of here no that's about it i think we covered a lot of ground tonight my friend a lot of ground all right man well i'm glad to see your pants are on at the moment enjoy your pants off this weekend week yes yeah. your pants off weekend enjoy that uh you need to a quick rebound from watching uh, the nun 2 and bottoms and some other things that may have not worked out uh. so excellent job 
Everybody, check us out on the socials at Recent Act Pod. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and do all the things uh, and give us a nice five star review if you don't mind. And we'll be back with more recent activity. <laughs>